If you find that you don't have a liking for vegetables, you can kind of train yourself. I have a whole chapter in my book on how to learn to love vegetables. The key is you want to learn to love foods that love you back. And a lot of us are functionally kind of in a toxic relationship with food. We're, we're stuck being in love with foods that are actually pretty mean to us. So I think that there's a wonderful opportunity here for each of us to uh, recognize that food is love. So let's invest our love in foods that will love us. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. Today, I am joining Ocean Robbins to talk about his incredible food revolution. Now, if you're joining me for the first time here on the Essentially You podcast, I want to welcome you with open arms and let you know that I believe that food is foundational for healing the body. And when you pair powerful nutrition with plant-based medicine and self-care, you literally have a recipe for incredible health and success. Now, like me, Ocean has been on a food revolution and he has a new book out that helps to change the way that we look at food in today's modern world. Ocean's new book is called The 31-Day Food Revolution. But before I jump into this very thought-provoking conversation with Ocean Robbins, I want to take a moment and invite you to reach out to me and let me know what you are loving so far about the Essentially You podcast. Now that we are up to two episodes a week for over a month, more and more listeners are jumping on each and every day. I can't tell you how empowering that feels to see women taking amazing action for their health in a way that feels good. You know, shredding truth on how to eat for your body and your hormones is so important to me. And I want to make sure that I'm touching upon topics that are relevant to you personally, as well as the people who matter most in your life. Since we started the podcast, I have received hundreds of emails and messages on social media from incredible women like yourself who are adopting the advice and recommendations shared inside of these episodes. I am beyond moved and grateful to hear from you. And I love, I mean, absolutely love being on this journey with you. Now you can reach out to me by connecting with me on Instagram. By the way, Instagram is where I share my best essential oil recipes and tips. And my Instagram handle is at Dr. Marisa, that's D-R-M-A-R-I-Z-A. Or head on over to my site at drmarisa.com slash episode 65, which is today's episode, or simply review the podcast on iTunes or wherever you love to listen to podcast episodes. That way we can continue to share these episodes with more women ready to empower their bodies and become the CEO of their health, because I believe that we need this message more than ever. You see, 10 years ago, when I finally figured out why I had chronic fatigue, horrible PMS symptoms, migraines, unexplained weight gain, and just insane overwhelm, I quickly realized that conventional medicine did not have a true solution. I felt alone, lost, and unheard. See, then, 10 years ago, the solution for me in conventional medicine was birth control pills and anxiety medication, and I knew that was not how I was going to get well. So that's when I put my research hat on and I began to go to work. 
Over the course of those next two years, I slowly got my body back on track with nutrition, self-care, supplements, and changing my belief about what I felt I deserved in terms of my health. I chose to rewrite my health journey. I refused to let others dictate my health outcome. Now, it's beyond disheartening that women are being dismissed and told they will simply have to live with their symptoms. It's your body, and no one knows your body better than you. Your symptoms are valid. Your stories about your health are valid. And I am here to advocate for you on your hormone journey. This mission is literally the number one reason why I created the Essentially You podcast. It's time to take our power back when it comes to our health. Now, several years ago, I decided to own my health journey in a big way, and that meant taking the good with the bad. It wasn't always easy, but nothing worthwhile ever is, especially when it comes to healing the body. But by committing to this beautiful health journey, you get to own your health and the choices that you make to support your body. I want you to feel empowered by your choices based on how your body feels. This is why I also wrote the Essential Oils Hormone Solution Book, which, by the way, is available now as of this last Tuesday on February 12th. I am so excited for this book. This book provides you with the tools, the recommendations, and the protocols to support your healing journey through and through. So if you are ready to own your health, I want you to know that I stand by you. I am grateful to be on this healing journey with you and I'm here to listen to you share your truth. So let's do this. Now, if you are ready to step into this knowledge about your hormone health, I want to invite you to grab a copy of my new book, The Essential Oils Hormone Solution, today for you and someone who matters to you. Now, as a small token of my endless gratitude and appreciation, I have created this beautiful bonus series. It's $300 worth in bonus goodies, As a big thank you for ordering your copy of my newly released book, The Essential Oils Hormone Solution. That's right. You can literally begin to balance your hormones instantly while you're waiting those couple of days when the book comes in the mail, unless you're the kind of woman or kind of girl who goes to the bookstore. And if you're going to the bookstore and the book isn't there, please ask the bookstore to order it up so that they have it for you and many others to come. Now, once you order that book, either online or at the bookstore, wherever you love to order books, you're just going to go to my book bonus page, which is Dr. Marisa, so D-R-M-A-R-I-Z-A dot com slash hormone book. It's also in my profile link on Instagram. It's on the website. It's pretty much everywhere. You can find me. You're going to enter your details. And those bonuses will instantly arrive in your inbox while you're waiting for that book. And if you purchased the book on our EO Hormone Summit several months ago, just know that you can head straight to that link and enter your info for those amazing bonuses. So that is how we get you all set up. I really want to encourage you to not only grab a copy for yourself, but grab one for your best friend or your mom or your sister or a woman in your life that really matters to you. Because putting these beautiful tools, these gorgeous natural solutions into her hands is literally going to change the way she thinks about her health. That's why I fell in love with the power of essential oils is how profoundly experiential they are. Like for instance, I am obsessed with my instant energy blend, which is just wild orange and peppermint. But my goodness, anytime I'm feeling 
a little, you know, there are definitely days where I'm not firing on all cylinders. I need a little help. That's going to be the blend that does it. And you know what's so great is I've shared that little blend with, oh, I don't even know, over easily over a half a million people by now. And every time I meet people, they always tell me how much they appreciate learning that little hack for instant energy. All right. So let's dive into this epic conversation on how to become an amazing food revolutionist with Ocean Robbins. But before we do, I want to quickly sing Ocean Robbins' praises. Now, Ocean Robbins, the author of the 31-Day Food Revolution that is out right now, all designed to heal your body, feel great, and transform your world. He is the CEO and co-founder and co-host of the 500,000-plus member Food Revolution Network. You can find that at thefoodrevolution.org. He is the founder and 20-year director of Yes. It's helping visionary young leaders build a better world. And he is the co-author of Voices of the Food Revolution, Choices for Our Food and the Power of Partnership. Now, again, you can check him out at either foodrevolution.org or 31dayfoodrevolution.com. Welcome to the Essentially You podcast, Ocean Robbins. Ocean, how are you doing today? I'm thrilled to be with you. I am thrilled to have you as well. I know we both, we both, well, you live in kind of near Santa Cruz, California. Santa Cruz is one of my favorite areas to go visit. So I feel like there's like a kinship there because it's such a beautiful place to live. Yeah, I, I love Santa Cruz. And, you know, I love anywhere where nature is beautiful because it reminds us in some ways how small we are. You know, humans take ourselves so seriously. But when we're confronted with the brilliance and the magnificence of the natural world, it, it kind of puts us in a place of, of reverence, I think, whether it's a sunset or the stars at night or big trees or big surf mountains. Uh, it just helps us to feel like, wow, we're part of something much bigger than us. Yes, we are. And what you described really was Santa Cruz, California. I think one of the reason why I love that area so much is that you get the mountains and the redwoods and then you get the ocean. And those are two, in terms of nature, that is heaven to me. So you've picked a great place to live. Now, you come from a pretty unique family. Your grandfather founded an ice cream company called Baskin Robbins. I know I've been, when I was a little girl, I would go to Baskin Robbins all the time. Now, can you tell us a little bit about your family background and how that informs the work that you are doing today? Absolutely. So it's true. My grandpa founded 31 Flavors and my dad, John, grew up with an ice cream cone shaped swimming pool in the backyard and 31 flavors of ice cream in the freezer. He was groomed from early childhood to one day join in running the family company. But when he was in his early 20s, he was offered that chance and he said no. And he walked away from a path that was practically paved with gold and ice cream to, as we jokingly say in our family, follow his own rocky road. He ended up moving with my mom to a little island off the coast of Canada, where they built a one-room log cabin, grew most of their own food, lived very simply, uh, practiced yoga and meditation for several hours a day, and named their kid Ocean. That would be me. They say they almost named me Kale, and I have to say I'm glad they took the conservative route when it came to my name. But we did eat a lot of kale. And I bet. broccoli <laughs> and cabbage and carrots and onions and other vegetables and back before anyone knew how healthy they were. Years later, my dad ended up becoming a best-selling author, writing about food and health and inspiring 
millions of people to look at their food choices as a chance to make a difference in the world. One of his readers ended up being my grandpa. And this is where the story gets pretty interesting. See, my dad's uncle, Bert Baskin, my grandpa's brother-in-law and business partner, had died of heart disease at the age of 54. He was one of the most successful entrepreneurs in American history, but he didn't have his health and he paid the ultimate price for that. My grandpa at age 71 was on death's door with his own heart issues, having eaten abundant ice cream and standard American diet for his whole life. And his doctors told him he didn't have long to live unless he made some big changes. They gave him a copy of my dad's book and encouraged him to read it. So lo and behold, my grandpa did. And he got results, predictable results. He got off all of his high blood pressure medications. He got off diabetes medications he'd been told he would need for the rest of his life. He lost 30 pounds. His golf game improved seven strokes. So we have seen in our family that when we eat the standard American diet, we get the standard American diseases. But we've also seen what can happen when we make a change. So I'm passionate about this, having seen it all firsthand and seen that food matters. And then when I was 16, I founded a nonprofit and traveled the world working with young leaders all over the globe talking about how youth could make a positive impact on the planet. I worked with leaders in 65 countries, and I saw myself that what we eat has this huge impact on our health and our lives all over the planet. McDonald's, KFC, Baskin Robbins, the American way of producing food is spreading. And with it, waistlines are expanding. Hospital rooms are filling up. People are getting sick with diseases they didn't even have a generation or two ago. And so we can see so clearly that the status quo of the standard American diet leads us predictably to a whole lot of suffering. But we also know solidly, based on an enormous amount of medical nutritional research, that when we make the right food choices, we can turn that around. That, that disease may be typical, but it does not have to be normal. You know, I can I relate to so much of this. As I mentioned earlier, I grew up going to Baskin Robbins, like so many kids, and my generation and was leading down that road of Pop-Tarts and McDonald's and the standard American diet, which is so many of us have kind of fallen into and made a massive transformation. And as an adult, like I never knew what kale was as a child. I, I knew what broccoli was and I knew I, I, did, I wanted nothing to do with it. But as an <laughs> adult, <laughs> I was like, keep away from me. As an adult, that's all our fridge is filled with. It's so funny. I always say, you know, my, my family, we're the house that no one wants to come to visit. Not to say that my family hasn't made changes, but all that's in my refrigerator, even our assistants, when they buy sauerkraut and they buy, you know, big, big amounts of sweet potatoes and Brussels sprouts, they're just like, you guys, you know, we thought we were healthy, but this is some next level stuff that goes on in this home. And it has changed everything. And so I, I'm so much an advocate and a supporter of your food revolution. Can you talk a little bit exactly what does this food revolution mean for you? Sure, absolutely. Well, we live in a society where it's considered normal to eat food that is packed full of hormones, antibiotics, pesticides. We have more than 1,400 chemical additives in our food supply. And it's considered normal to eat your own weight in sugar every two or three years. In this context, eating real, healthy, natural food that's from the earth, that isn't chock full of junk, is considered revolutionary. But I think it's pretty basic. So I'm standing for a food revolution because I don't think we have 
the luxury to have food that's a little bit less bad. What we need isn't just, you know, a slightly better kind of oil in McDonald's French fries or, you know, chickens that are given 1.25 feet per bird instead of one foot per bird in factory farms. We need a fundamental change in how we produce food and how we process it and how we consume it. And put another way, I think that food 1.0 is about survival. If you can get enough calories to fill your belly, then that's success. Food 2.0, the central organizing principle, is commerce. It's about the buying and selling of goods. And Food 2.0 has brought us an amazing array of tastes and textures and cuisines. And it's helped take a bite out of world hunger because we've got an industrialized food system that's very consumer-driven. But unfortunately, Food 2.0 is morally bankrupt. Its bottom line is the almighty dollar. And that's why I think we need to move to Food 3.0, where we make health the central organizing principle of our food system, health for our bodies and health for our planet. And there are plenty of healthy profits in Food 3.0. It's just that they come from healthy food. So that's what I want to see in the food revolution is healthy profits for people who grow and produce and sell healthy food. And I want to see all of us, everybody, regardless of how much money they have or the color of their skin or where in the world they live, to be able to have access to safe, healthy, ethical, sustainable food for themselves and their families. And I'd like to speak a little bit more on that. You know, one of my favorite writers on food many years ago was Michael Poland. And he talks about how we get to vote with our fork every single time we pick up a fork. And that we have a lot of control, a lot more control, a lot more of autonomy in the choice that we make for how our bodies are functioning. But you're also talking about how we change an industry as well. Is it that we we get to change that industry through voting with our fork every single day? And if in case that is true, I know a lot of people have struggled with the idea there's these misconceptions that eating healthy is extremely costly, right? That parents and families choose you know, chicken nuggets over broccoli and kale because broccoli and kale will not go as far. So the two-pronged question, do we make changes by voting with our fork? Is that the best way to do it? And then if so, how can we make it affordable and easy to make that happen? Well, yeah, absolutely. Every single dollar you spend and every bite you take is essentially a vote. You're voting for the health you want, and you're also voting for the world you want. And so I think we want to cast our votes wisely. And unfortunately, if you vote for the status quo, you're going to get more of the same. I mean, if you if you drive your car into a brick wall, then you're going to probably see a death certificate that, that may list cause of death as, you know, impalement by brick wall. But you know, and I know it wasn't the brick wall that caused the death, it was bad driving. And similarly, if you die of heart disease or cancer or type 2 diabetes or even dementia, those conditions may show on the death certificate, but at the end of the day, it was actually what you ate and how you lived that created the conditions for, in all likelihood, that disease. Because we now know that most cases of cancer are caused by diet, lifestyle, and environmental factors. Most cases of heart disease, similar. Most cases of dementia, similar. The reality is that you can slash your odds of getting most of the major chronic diseases of our times just by eating the right foods. So what I'm saying is, let's vote for the health and the future we want. And while we're at it, we're voting for a healthier food system. And this is something that I find really exciting because I'm a person, you probably are too, who wants to see a sustainable world for future generations. I'd like to see a stable climate. I'd like to see 
my kids and grandkids and great grandkids able to have topsoil and water for growing food to feed their families. I'd like to see uh, a world where animals are treated with respect, where they don't have to live in abject misery, being tortured in factory farms. And the reality is that when you eat a predominantly whole foods, plant-based diet, when you choose to move towards more organically grown foods, you, you contribute to a brighter future for all of us. You contribute to a world where farm workers don't have to be poisoned in the fields from pesticide exposure and animals don't have to be tortured in the factory farms. And all of this has enormous ripple effects. So every dollar you spend and every bite you take really is a vote and you have immense, immense power. You know, there are so many places in life where we can feel overwhelmed by the immensity of what we're up against. It sometimes feel like, feels like our actions aren't even a drop in the bucket. They're more like a drop in the sea. But when it comes to food, you and I have tremendous power. So I say, let's use it. I agree. I say, absolutely, let's use it. And that's why I really wanted to bring that up, that we have a lot more power than we think, even though it feels like that drop is dropping into the sea. Now, as you're talking about educating and changing the way that we look at food, that we eat food, that we create and make food, can you talk a little bit about what that looks like? You know, in this new book that you've written, The 31 Day Food Revolution, what would a reader gain from this book? That transformation that so many of us are looking for, but have no idea how to start. Oh, what a good question. This is what I'm so excited about. I I wrote this book because I'm so sick and tired of so many people, you know, we don't actually get stuck about knowing what to do. We get stuck with doing what we know. The, the reality is that if all that it took was everyone to know that we need to eat less sugar and processed junk and more vegetables, we would not have an obesity epidemic in America. But the reality is that we know, but we don't always know how to do. And partly that's because we're hooked on junk foods, because we have a food industry that kind of profits a heck of a lot from keeping us in the status quo. But also a lot of us are, are victims of not understanding our own neurology, our own psychology, and what it takes to really create sustainable habit change. So I've explored all this and I wrote 31 Day Food Revolution because I want to give everybody a doorway, a pathway towards the vibrant health that, that we deserve. And, and the bottom line is, it's all about action. At the end of the day, cancer does not care how much you know, how many books you read, how many podcasts you listen to, but it does care what you eat and how you live. So every single one of my 31 chapters ends with simple action steps you can take to put what you've just learned into practice. And, and in fact, the action steps are divided into three levels, three options based on how advanced you are. So people who are kind of newer to the journey can find simple steps they can take that might only take a few minutes to implement. If you're kind of more advanced and you've already been eating healthy for a while, then you'll find things to challenge you to go to the next level. But it's all about action at the end of the day. And some people ask, why 31? Is there some magic number here? Well, kind of in our family. I say that 31 steps to health will bring you more satisfaction and more pleasure, even than 31 flavors of ice cream. I love how you tie it back in together. So 31 chapters, 
31 action steps or even more than that. Can you give a couple examples of, of, of someone could just peer into the book today right now as we're having this conversation? Let's say that, yes, you are absolutely right, that you could watch as many, you know, read as many books, listen to as many podcast episodes or, or watch as many podcast episodes. You can ingest as much content as possible. It doesn't mean that you're actually going to take the steps. You know, I, I fell in love with my dear friend and a dear friend of yours as well, Robin Openshaw, the Green Smoothie Girl, 11 years ago. And this was at the time when I was writing my first book called The Antioxidant Counter. I was obsessed with antioxidants, but I read her book, The Green Smoothie Diet. And I could, I'm always looking for ways to, and at the time I was in practice, so I was seeing patients and I noticed that a lot of my patients, again, the chronic conditions due to lifestyle and poor diet. And I wanted to find a way, a simple way to get them to change the way that they ate. And so the green smoothies seemed like the, the hot ticket ocean. I was on the green smoothie train. I am still on the green smoothie train. We drink green smoothies every single day. We were teaching classes every week on green smoothies. We, I mean, my full, my office became a cooking, we had cooking courses, we had cooking classes. I mean, I was on this big, not as big of a a mission that you were on because I was dealing with a smaller group of people, but it was a pretty big mission. It felt for me. And for as many times Ocean that I showed people how to make these smoothies, how they would drink them at the office. Do I mean we I would just bring them in as samples, you know, a couple times a week. I would make a big, big vat of it in my Vitamix, bring it to work and have people try them with a with a recipe. And what I learned in that process, something that you just brought up, was that as for as many times as I taught them and showed them and did the whole thing, very few of them went and did it. Yeah, they actually went home to do it. And that blew my mind. It totally blew my mind. I thought I had like jackpot figured out a way to simply change the way people ate at least breakfast. So tell me a little bit about some of those actionable steps, because, you know, I felt like I have come ac- I've come across a wall. I've hit a wall many times. And that's why I'm so inspired by your mission, because I'll be honest with you. I educate a lot on essential oils, a lot on self-care, and I still educate so much on nutrition. But I have found that I can get someone to use an oil as like that gateway thing into health that I can do to get them drink a green smoothie. Yeah, cool. There are so many different doors in. What matters most is that we keep moving. You know, for some people, the door in is wanting to look good, wanting to lose weight. For other people, the door in is wanting to avoid a disease. For other people, the door in is a loved one that they they want to support because we don't want to, for example, a lot of moms change their diet for the better when they become moms because they don't want to raise their kids on, you know, a toxic food system. So we all have different doors, different motivators, and then different first steps. You know, some people, the first step is to give up certain foods, but a lot of people, the first step is to crowd out the bad with the good so that you can actually choose to um, base your diet around real, healthy, wholesome foods. Some people love green smoothies, and that's wonderful. I have a whole chapter on uh, what to do about breakfast, and green smoothies are one of the great options. But some people... It's not their thing. There are other wonderful, fabulous foods. And there's also a lot of benefit to chewing food rather than making having a blender do it for you. So there are many different pathways. I think the bottom line is that we can all make progress towards our goals. So I have a big tent approach. You know, I'm interested in whole foods, plant-centered diet where we eat, uh, to quote Michael Pollan, eat food as opposed to processed junk. 
not too much, and mostly plants. One of my favorite quotes. I love that quote because it's it's so simple. You know, I think that that's such a phenomenal philosophy. So we've got people who are ready to make these changes, but they are still concerned about the cost of it. And, and, you know, in the whole big scheme of things, I know that you and I would say, well, the cost of organic food is far less of the cost of what it looks like down the road when you're dealing with a chronic disease, right? You, You pay now or you pay later. That's how I always saw it. But there are still people who struggle with this. You have got some really innovative ideas around how we can get healthy whole foods really into anyone's hands if they really want it. So there are systemic issues and political issues, and then there are also personal issues. Okay. So I'll touch on the systemic and political first for a second. So we live in a society where we are actually subsidizing junk food. And I'm not kidding. In the United States, we have government policies that put tens of billions of dollars of taxpayer money annually into subsidizing what we call commodities crops. Essentially, we're subsidizing things like high fructose corn syrup and factory farmed meat. And essentially, then it's like you're being fined for wearing your seatbelt. If you want to do the right thing for your health, you literally have to pay more because the junk food is cheaper thanks to the U.S. taxpayer. I think that's wrong. But at the same time, even so, there's a lot individuals can do. So if you want to save some money and eat right, the lowest hanging fruit is to avoid excess calories that aren't good for you in the first place. The average American eats about 600 calories too much daily. And junk foods, unhealthy foods, tend to make us crave more and not know when our body is full. Because fiber, for example, helps your body to know when it's full. But when you eat food that's been stripped of its fiber, then you don't get those signals. So a lot of people are calorically overwhelmed, but actually nutritionally deprived. So when you eat real foods, you often need less calories to be satisfied and to get your needs met. And a side benefit of that is you may lose some excess weight. The next lowest hanging food is to cut out waste. The average American family wastes about $2,000 a year in food that literally just goes bad in the fridge. So when you plan ahead, when you shop from a list, then you can save a lot of that money by uh, not having to waste food in the first place. The third thing is to go in bulk and to cook in quantity. When you eat less out at restaurants and do more of the cooking at home, you can save a lot of money that way. Uh, It does take time, of course, to cook for yourself, but a lot of people like to shop and cook big quantities of things on the weekend. Don't just think one meal at a time. Make a big soup or a big casserole and you've got four meals in there that you can have all week long. We often freeze pre-made meals and then just pull them out one at a time as we need them. And then I always like to pack up breakfast and lunch the night before I go off to work. So I've got food ready to go in the morning. I don't have to spend the morning fussing getting ready. It's all set for me. So those are some of the steps that can help make it happen. And then you can base your your diet around some of the really wholesome natural superfoods. You don't need to eat goji berries um, from the Himalayas for 30 bucks a pound. You can do just fine with some frozen berries here and there if you want berries, but also cabbage and carrots and onions and beets. These aren't crazy expensive. Neither is quinoa. Neither are legumes. So you can base your diet, your staples around these kinds of things, flavor your food with spices. They're incredibly nutritious. They're packed with antioxidants. They're the healthiest way to add flavor. And recognize that your taste buds will evolve. And this is the good news. If, if you find that you don't have a liking for vegetables, 
you can kind of train yourself. I have a whole chapter in my book on how to learn to love vegetables. The key is you want to learn to love foods that love you back. And a lot of us are functionally kind of in a toxic relationship with food. We're, we're stuck being in love with foods that are actually pretty mean to us. So I think that there's a wonderful opportunity here for each of us to uh, recognize that food is love. So let's invest our love in foods that will love us. That is such a great statement, investing your love in foods that love you back. Are there recipes inside of this new book? Are there, or are there maybe just list yes. of foods? <laughs> Absolutely. Yay. We've got some great recipes. I'm so happy to say. Um, yes. There's so there's so many good foods. I love food and I love fabulous, healthy food. So we actually, I went out, I, I'm in touch with a lot of the top food experts of our times and I didn't want just any old recipes. I asked them to contribute their favorite whole foods, plant-based options. So we've got recipes in this book from Dr. Dean Ornish, Dr. Neil Barnard, Dr. Mark Hyman, Dr. David Perlmutter. We've got recipes from Rip Esselstyn and, uh, of course, from you know my dad and, and myself and lots of other leaders in the food world. And they're really delicious. And do you have, I know this is just to put you on the spot, but are there any just favorite, favorite recipes that you are so excited to share with the readers in your new book? Sure. Well, I've, I love breakfast and my favorite superfood breakfast is I take chia seeds and I soak them overnight in uh, soy milk or you can use almond milk or coconut milk or any kind of nut milk you like uh, or any kind of milk you like really. And then um, I add frozen blueberries, vanilla, vanilla extract specifically, and a dash of maple syrup and some bananas. Stir all that up and let it soak overnight. And the next morning, I have this incredibly antioxidant-rich, protein-packed, fiber-filled, omega-3 fatty acid-filled breakfast. Sometimes I'll add some nuts to it too, by the way. And it's delicious. And it's easy and convenient. And it's so nutritious. Yeah, that sounds so easy and convenient and delicious, especially with, um, I love a crunch. So I love the idea of putting like some raw almonds on the top. So that sounds incredible. And so you, you are a breakfast person. That is, I love breakfast too. So you have just kind of a plethora of different ways that people can incorporate veggies into their breakfasts. Uh, absolutely. I try to get veggies in every bring meal. Veggies into your breakfast, the best, best way I think is to eat a breakfast that includes veggies. So, I mean, some people, you know, stir, make, add some veggies to an omelet or a tofu scramble or what have you. But you can also just frankly have some steamed veggies with your breakfast. Yeah, I know it's not a normal, in quotes, breakfast, but it's it's just fine. And and I actually, that's one of my favorite breakfast solutions. It sounds a little crazy, but it's last night's dinner leftovers, quite frankly. it They can sometimes be really, really good. And I don't think there's any rule that... Breakfast needs to somehow be siloed off as some different kind of thing. So sometimes I just love, you know, a, a delicious quinoa with a coconut curry peanut sauce and, and a side of some steamed kale. That works for me. You can be creative and find out what works for you. But um, I think there's nothing like just straight up steaming some veggies and having at it. Make a nice sauce and, and enjoy. Sometimes I sprinkle some umeboshi vinegar on there and a little flax oil and maybe a little hot sauce of some kind. And that's a nice way to have veggies. Some people like to have them with, you know, some kind of salad dressing or some other kind of sauce. 
of course you can mix them into things or you can blend them into things or you know all about green smoothies. That's a great way to get veggies in with breakfast. Um, there are really many options. The key thing is find what works for you and then and then go go at it. Well, I feel like with this book, you have really taken a look at all of the different ways that we can incorporate eating healthy, being a part of this food revolution. And I'm, I'm loving all these little tidbits. It's, it's really like if you have this book, there's ultimately no excuse for not beginning to change the way you not only think about food, but the way that you approach food every single day. Absolutely. Well, you know, I want to make it easy because at the end of the day, most of us are kind of creatures of habit. And most people I know are pretty stressed. And the last thing we want to do is be told we need to do something more that's going to add more stress to our already packed lives, right? So I want to make it easy for people. And I wrote 31 Day Food Revolution to kind of make it really simple and easy to put what we have learned from thousands of medical studies into practice in your everyday life. And here's the other fun part. I, I focus the book into four parts. So part one focuses on detoxify. It's how we get rid of the bad stuff that could be making us sick. Part two is where we focus on nourish, how you can say yes to the fabulous healthy foods that will, will help you to thrive. Part three is called gather. And that's where we look at our social environment, our community, how you can build strong social relationships around healthy food. So you don't have to feel lonely or isolated. You can actually have food be a doorway to deeper connection with people who you will love. And then part four is transform. And that's where we look at how food can be an opportunity to take a stand for the world that we want and how we can really vote for a healthier future with our knives and forks simply and easily. And you know, the spoiler alert here is it's a heck of a lot easier to change the world than most of us have ever imagined. Oh, spoiler alert. I like that. In, in section three, as you're, you're talking about the different sections and you're right, you know, you talked about earlier that one, we got to be cooking at home more. And I think that was probably my biggest lesson that I learned in my mid twenties, early thirties, particularly when I was writing that first book on antioxidants, that, that cooking at home, you, you really control the landscape of what goes into your body. But one of the things I hadn't thought about, cause I think I had lost it over the years. And I think so many of us have lost it as well is the communion, is the connection of cooking with somebody or cooking with your family, sitting at the table and gathering. Can you speak to that a little bit? Because that is by far probably the most rich experiences that I have that's connected to food for me. You know, throughout history, breaking bread together, sharing meals together has been an act of communion and connection between people. Food is so much more than just a thing to shove down the hatch or a commodity. It's also a community. It's, it's a web of relationships. And when we gather around the table to break bread together, share a meal together, when we go around and share thankfulness circles or give say grace before a meal, when we bring our bodies into a state of receptivity, when we put our nervous systems into a state of receiving, then uh, everything changes. Something softens and relaxes in our bellies. Something opens in our hearts and some kind of bond forms with loved ones. So I want to invite you, no matter what you're eating, to recognize that every time you eat, you have an opportunity to land in a deeper sense of self and connection. Let yourself smell the flavors. Let yourself salivate 
the moment you smell, the moment you think about food, that's actually when digestion begins. Your stomach's already secreting certain enzymes that will be necessary to digest the food that's coming, coming down. And then the other piece is who you're with. Like if you can learn to build relationships with people who will support you on your healthy eating path, then that becomes a powerful source of connection. So I, I go over in my book how to find a healthy eating ally and enroll them as a partner so that you can let them know when you're struggling and they can celebrate your victories. It helps if they're with you on the path in some way, but they don't have to be as long as they love you and have your back and will be an ally and a stand for what you want for your life. I also look at how to navigate social situations when people might not eat the same way you do. How do you handle it when families are gathering and they eat differently? How to talk about food in a conscious, healthy way so that no one gets left out. Because after all, you know, we tend to think about holidays and family gatherings a little bit as if food was the center of it. But really, it's about love. Really, it's about relationships. Really, it's about connection. So I share how you can really stay true to your values in a way that builds authenticity and trust and love and connection within a family system. That is profoundly beautiful. And I think that we can all walk away thinking more about how we can create connection. You know, so many of us feel very isolated these days. And I think food really has that way of bringing us together. And I'm so grateful that you took the time to make that a whole section inside of your book. Yeah, it's so important. We're not just a bunch of lone wolves, you know? Right? We can't be. It, it's, it's definitely not serving us. Yeah, exactly. My last, second to last question really quickly is as listeners are listening and, and I'm hoping you guys are ready to take action steps to move forward. Ocean, if there was one thing that someone could take away with today, starting literally right now, what would that thing be for them? Well, the number one thing would be to look at where you are and look at where you want to be with your food life. And you may notice that there's a gap. And, and then I want to invite you to commit right here and right now to taking some step to bridge that gap. Maybe you want to shop from a list. Maybe you want to eat more vegetables. Maybe you want to stop eating sugar or eat less animal products or shop from farmers markets more or join a community supported agriculture program. You know, maybe you want to have a conversation about food with a family member where you keep getting on each other's nerves because you're not feeling compatible and do so in a loving, respectful way. Maybe you want to go organic or learn about the Dirty Dozen, which I also talk about in my book, which are the most pesticide-contaminated foods. So you can choose to go organic with those particular foods. I'm giving you a lot of ideas because, and you asked for one, and I'm doing that on purpose. No, I think that they're all wonderful. The point is that each of us needs to take steps from where we are to where we want to go. And what those steps are is as diverse as the human race, but every one of us can do something. And that's all that we need to do right here and right now is something and then build momentum, keep going, keep growing and realize you are part of a food revolution that's changing how food is grown and processed and served and thought about, and it's building a healthier world for every single one of us. And if you want to take a bonus action, get a copy of my book. 31 Day Food Revolution, which will help you put all of this into delicious practice. And where can we get the book? The book is out now. Where can we go to grab that book? Well, you can get it at your local bookstore. You can, of course, get it online or go to 31dayfoodrevolution.com. Again, that's 
dayfoodrevolution.com and you can uh, find out all about it on our website and get some fabulous bonuses as well. Oh, great. So we can also get some. So if you guys go and grab the copy, head on over to 31 Day Food Revolution. The link will be in the show notes. So it'll be super easy to find. But you also will get some extra bonus goodies as well. Well, that is amazing. I really want to encourage you. This is a new year. We're at the start of 2019. And I think if this is the year where you're ready to make that health transformation, as Ocean and I both know in our heart of hearts and inside of our gut, it really starts with what you eat. It's all about food. So Ocean, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your amazing wisdom, not only your wisdom, but your vision for what our future is going to look like. Absolutely. I'm so happy to share this. As you can tell, I'm a little passionate about this and I know you are too, and I'm so grateful for it. So absolutely, thank you you so much. We'll have a wonderful day, Ocean. Talk to you soon. All right. What most inspires me about Ocean is his unrelenting mission, a mission bigger than himself to change the way that we heal our bodies with food. If your philosophy resonates with him or you are ready to get into a food revolution yourself, I want to invite you to grab his new book. I personally love it and the recipes are healing and delicious and I most love how easy he's made this food revolution for you. The book link is in the show notes or at drmarisa.com slash podcast and you can find it with episode 65. You can also purchase the book everywhere and anywhere books are sold as we speak. I believe the book was released earlier this month. I just want to say thank you so much for stopping by and listening in once again to the Essentially You podcast. Our next episode is all about, are you ready? It's all about how to release anxiety and build confidence with my dear friend, and TEDx speaker, Dr. Joan Rosenberg. This woman is magnificent, and I know you're going to learn so much from her. So if you've ever struggled with confidence and or anxiety, because goodness knows, you can definitely struggle with confidence and never have anxiety, but she has found that so often our emotions can be tied to both. You are not going to want to miss this hot topic with Joan. I look forward to seeing you very soon. Until then, have a wonderful day. 